There's no sugarcoating it. The coronavirus has had a major impact on the audiovisual industry and the entertainment industry as a whole. Companies across the planet, including us, have been forced to adapt to the changing landscape and find creative ways to stay busy. This week, we're back in the shop while the team discusses technical issues from various projects over the last few weeks, how overcoming those issues has affected the client experience, and how we're utilizing our ingenuity to stay on top during a global crisis. My name is Mike O'Neill, and this is Gig Essentials. So welcome back to another episode of Gig Essentials. My name is Mike O'Neill. Uh, along with me today, I have our normal cast of characters, Chris, Mike, and Tom. Welcome, fellas. Hello, what's going on? Obviously, we're in a new location today. Uh, not doing the Zoom thing anymore. Uh, we are here in the shop, so a little bit more on site, which is nice. So let's dive right into it, fellas. So obviously, over the last few months uh, with COVID and everything that's been going on that's associated with that, our industry has been extremely affected by that. People in the uh, just live sound and entertainment industry and that sort of thing, uh, we've really had to make some changes to how we operate and adapt to uh, that landscape. So Tom, how, how has that looked for us over the last few months? Yeah, uh, initially, when all this kind of went down, I, th I think our industry was a huge shock to us. Um, you know, I remember the last event we did, um, like first week of March, um, we had a bunch of events booked after that, and then all of a sudden, you know, we lost one, we lost two. It seemed like maybe we might be able to salvage the summer, and then like a light switch, everything just turned off. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, at that time, I think our industry kind of went through this whole shock of like, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, we have to survive. Um, and I remember initially there was this uh, large outpouring from the industry um, where people were saying, okay, well, you know, we're roadies, we're stagehands, we're technicians, we can help uh, set up hospitals, we can, um, we can help uh, build ventilators, there's all these things we can do. Mm -hmm. And that was very noble, and I think it was very nice that we were trying to think of ways of how can we be useful and relevant. Um, but let's be real, most of us uh, fix um, injuries with uh, toilet paper or paper towels and electrical tape, so maybe we're not the most like medically inclined people. Um, but I think uh, since that time, um, we've started to get a better understanding of uh, how the virus spreads and um, safe ways to deal with it in terms of like taking temperatures and making sure you quarantine yourself accordingly, right. keeping an eye on your own health. Um, and I feel as though we've kind of gotten to a point now that we understand, you know, as we've seen some spikes in things, there's not good ways to get things reopened and start doing events again, mm -hmm. but there are some ways that you can do it safely. Um, so uh, one thing that I kind of know with our industry is we are used to being presented with uh, unrealistic parameters you know you get the event producer that says we're going to do this huge show in a ballroom um and we need to do scenic we need to do sound and lighting but oh by the way we only have an hour to set the whole thing up right you know there's always something thrown at us um you know we have to do the show in cincinnati ohio and then we have to do another one the next day in dallas like 
and somehow gear has to get across the country overnight. But we as an industry are very good at figuring these things out. So um, I think now that we have an understanding of it is possible to still have events because, you know, by our nature, we get bored after a while and people want to go out and see right. music. They want to have meetings. They want to uh, be entertained and informed. Um, all that's done is it hasn't said uh, we can't do this anymore. It's just said, here's a different set of parameters. Right. Here to, are the restrictions. Right. We've had to adapt um, to, to those new things. So that's really been kind of the theme of the past uh, couple of months now that things are starting to slowly get back up on their feet is um, we have these events, uh, people want to do events, but now we have new parameters in place. So how do we uh, use our technical expertise to um, do these events safely and also provide a great experience for everyone? Right, exactly. So to that point, let's, let's kind of talk about some of the things that we've, we've done over the past, particularly the past few weeks, right? Mm -hmm. um, so Mike, we'll start with you. You're more of the, the IT visual guy, Right, so yeah. we've had, particularly over the last few weeks or even month or so, we've we've been doing some of these uh, streaming installs and just installs in general. Um, so, what are some of the technical challenges that we've come across with um, getting those taken care of? Um, a lot of the technical challenges consist of like a lot of um, different churches and that kind of stuff that we'll do installs in or music venues, that kind of stuff for the like permanent installs. It's like a lot of like, okay, figuring out what equipment will work in the space between like lensing on PTZ cameras, if it needs to be a PTZ camera, if it needs to be a man camera, um, like figuring out, okay, where is this going to end up? Like whether it's going Facebook or um, YouTube, figuring out like, okay, building these different streaming servers to make sure this camera can be controlled and broadcasted out to. Right the services, um, as well as just kind of like working with like challenges as far as like, okay, we can only pull like a couple cables from this camera. So we've been using like a lot of different technologies like NDI for um, sending video over IP, um, stuff like that for the most part. Gotcha. And then for the more live end of things, um, we've been doing a lot of um, like streaming as well as like IMAG stuff for different graduations. Mm -hmm. um, and also for different concerts that we do. Um, so a lot of the challenge of that is just kind of figuring out, okay, this is the task we need to complete. This is the equipment we need to do the task while trying to keep everything low latency. Um, we've done some things in more remote areas where we need to use like air fiber panels to get network access like a thousand feet away from the building, stuff like that. <laughs> So it's like a lot of little technical hurdles that we have to kind of adapt to overcome. But for the most part, I mean, everything's been going great. So that's good to hear. So how do you how do you think in that uh, vein? How do you think overcoming those challenges and and actually getting uh, getting to the goal line? I guess you can say um, with those events and those projects has really affected the the client experience. Um, for the most part, we try not to let it affect the client experience because we roll in like, while I might be very well versed with video and IT, Tom and Chris might be better with audio or lighting, that kind of stuff. So like as a whole, we just kind of roll in and it's more or less like, 
okay, well, this is my area of expertise. What's your take on it? What's your take on it? Then we kind of build together like a package that'll work for everyone. So we try not to like lay too much of it on the client themselves, mm -hmm. but it's more like just like figuring out like, okay, this is our realm. This is all we need from you is like a network connection and like tell us like where the stage is going then we'll handle the rest. Right, so. awesome. Yeah, and I think if it's had a positive impact as well, I mean, if I think to some of the events like uh, graduation that we did last winter, if you looked at the viewer count for that, um, you know, this was before COVID when people could still physically come to the graduation, um, you might have 15 or 20 people tuning yeah. in. Um, but if you look at some of the stats from some of the more recent graduations that we've done, you have upwards of, you know, hundreds of people tuning yeah. in. Uh, so I think it uh, has allowed people, you know, people who shouldn't really be out in public for health purposes, people who aren't really sure, or now with travel being a lot more restricted, um, we've definitely seen people are utilizing the streaming services more and the numbers don't lie. You know, there's more streams of all these right. uh, different events that we're doing. So it, it allows people now to actually experience and be a part of something um, that they never could before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But also that technology didn't really exist. It wasn't really all that common a couple of years ago to stream graduation. And now it's something that we can kind of do as like a turnkey thing for everyone, you right. know, to bring that experience to everybody. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see the, uh, the convergence of those things, right? Where the, the necessity is there and, and the, the technology is kind of finally caught up to, to the need, right? And we yeah. can actually meet those, those needs and more people can experience uh, these events. Um, from the comfort of their own home in, in, in a lot of cases. So it's, it's actually really cool. Um, so moving forward, something that we've done in the last week, which I was actually really, really excited about. Um, this is really cool. It kind of brings back the, the memories of like the, the golden age of cinema, right? And the, and, and the drive-in movies is this concerts by cars. Mm -hmm. um, just a whole series that we're, that we're involved with. And um, which I think is a really cool kind of mutation of the, the live experience and, and how um, we've, we're, we're getting into what the live experience is given the, the, the current environment, mm -hmm. right? So Tom, do you want to talk a little bit about what we've done with, with that? Sure. Uh, Concerts by Car was um, something that was originally uh, thought up by the Grand Opera House, who's one of our long-term clients. Um, and essentially what they wanted to do is keep the vision of the Grand Opera House and their, uh, their image and everything alive, um, but also bring great live music to our city here in Wilmington. Um, I, you know, other than some online streaming things, don't think we've really had any live music um, in Wilmington that people can get as kind of an outlet. And there's some uh, things that are starting to pop up now where people can go out in, in a socially distanced manner, um, be able to experience it. Uh, so Concerts by Car, um, the, the premise of it is, is that, you know, we have a large parking lot available to us. Um, the county has a stage, a mobile stage that's available. Um, and the, key driver to this is that the Grand wanted to do this safely from the outset. We don't want to be a, a petri dish that, you know, and realize <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Right. Um, so there is a, a, an extreme abundance of a caution um, in how they did everything. You know, 
there are no restrooms, there's no bar or anything available on site. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's set up to um, minimize interaction between people. Um, so you can come in your car, the cars are spaced apart appropriately, that way there's no risk of spread between the vehicles. Um, if you're outside your vehicle, you have to wear a mask. Um, so that, again, kind of presents a lot of technical parameters to us. Um, when I first got the, the map of how they were going to have the cars laid out, and I'm looking at this parking lot, I mean, it's like Deep. 100 yards yeah. by 100 yards. This is a huge area to cover. Um, and we also had to do it in terms of ways that we wouldn't uh, really have a lot of exposure risk for the patrons, which included we couldn't have a front of house position as we traditionally mm, would. Right. Um, we had to have it so that people in the back could see what was going on and also be able to hear what was going on. Um, and this is also, you know, still this idea of doing a concert in a vehicle is relatively new and people haven't really figured out how to do it yet. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of buzz within our industry and, you know, a lot of naysaying of, oh, it's impossible to get good sound and all these kind of things. And again, I just see that as a big challenge for us as to how we can do it. Right. Um, so the way that we approached the project, uh, it was a hybrid approach. Um, the staff from the Grand Opera House, they have their own in-house audio engineers who are really nice people to work with. That's good. Um, they had this idea of we're going to do it with FM. Um, so we uh, came up with an audio system where you have the musicians on stage, um, there's a monitor console for them, there's a front of house console driving a PA system, and then there's a split that goes to another audio console which uh, handles the broadcast feeds. Gotcha. Um, so really there's multiple different ways that you can experience the concert, but what we didn't know going into it was how are people going to experience the concert? It, it wasn't up until the very first song uh, that we really knew how the audience would respond. Um, I had it kind of going through my head of maybe people just sit in their car the entire time, windows up, air conditioner on. Right. Maybe people will get out and they'll dance and be out in their cars. Maybe it'll be a little bit of each. But we really didn't know until the audience was there on site and the things started how people would respond to it. Um, so it took the ability to be able to uh, address that on the fly within the first song. Um, and what we experienced and what we realized from that is that people uh, are comfortable getting out of their vehicles and that um, it really is necessary to have a PA system um, that can carry that distance. Um, but you have to be able to supplement it appropriately with FM, especially for people in the back. Right. Um, we also discovered that um, there's a tonality balance. You know, we're used to dealing with the parameters of, I need to make this concert hall sound good. I'm going to aim speakers here. I'm going to make these adjustments to the PA. Now you have FM signals that have to line up with PA systems, that have to line up with what's coming out of the PA systems. <laughs> Um, and that was all uh, a result of having a couple of people out in cars that are friends of ours. It's a really nice close-knit community here in Wilmington. And I was uh, mixing the main PA feed and getting text messages the whole time from people, <laughs> well, um, which yeah. is a cool way to do it. It's yeah. real time, you know. Um, hey, uh, FM sounds good, but there's a little bit of a delay. Okay, so we radio over to the person running the FM feed. We adjust the delay for that. Um, sounds really good, but I can't really hear the vocals, and we can adjust accordingly for that. Um, the other thing was uh, we had a couple of staff from the Grand Opera House 
going around between the cars and saying, hey, people are out, turn the PA up a little bit more. So we turned the PA up and then we had to, uh, at that point, realize, well, how is that PA interacting with what's in the car? And we discovered that it actually works a little bit better to put out more bass from the PA okay. and have less in the FM feed. Um, I thought it would be the other way around, but um, for a tonality balance, it's better to have the PA system kind of doing the, the heavy lifting and then use the uh, FM to kind of enhance it, bring gotcha. a little bit of clarity, especially if you're further back. Get some sparkle. Um, so it was a really good, uh, well-received event. Um, definitely a learning experience for us, but I feel that you know we can go into the next one. They'll just improve from here. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it sounds like um, really learned a lot from just a single event, and it sounds like this series is going to continue, which is which is a great thing for the for the music going community. It's a it's a new. It's new territory for, for everybody, right? Just the, you know, for the people that are experiencing out in the audience and also for us that are behind the scenes kind of a thing, um, you know? So that's, that's great to, to hear. So it, it sounds like all of that can really improve um, what things are going to look like and sound like sure. um, in, the, in the, uh, the, the, you know, the upcoming events and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, Switching gears a little bit, um, we actually did a project just this past weekend, mm -hmm. actually, that involved more uh, visual, more lights than, than, uh, than sound. And um, so do we want to talk about that a little bit and kind of yeah. get a little bit of information? I'll see, I, I can take that one, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we did this video shoot over at a uh, high school, local high school up in Wilmington. And I think uh, there was, it was like a mix of like, what I, the way I look at it was like challenges and highlights. Because from what I understand is that uh, the clients didn't have an exact vision, an exact way. They weren't speaking in technical terms to us as far as what packages they want or how they wanted us to package everything, what they wanted specifically. So it was really like a, it's like a weird bittersweet moment where you get that kind of gig where it's like they don't know exactly what they want. And so you can kind of be like, great, well, I can kind of go full full bore with this you know what i mean right. we can do whatever we want but at the same time you're working with clients budgets and restrictions like that so you want to make it appropriate and still get the job done right you have creative license but you don't necessarily want to go full picasso on the whole thing exactly <laughs> well it's like you're you're trying to like figure out we were trying to figure out like you know what space are we in where are we exactly you know what i mean so it's like how much gear can you really bring how much time is there to set up you know what happens if we need to make uh, sudden changes to something like that and so it's like you wanted to i think we found that happy medium though where it was like all we did was uh they had a lot of people it was like a dance video uh, essentially so it was like you've got a little speaker on the track with these uh people up in the bleachers that are dancing moving to the music, whatever they were doing, the camera, the camera guy is doing his thing. And so what we ended up doing was we had a bunch of uh, battery operated PARs all over the bleachers to kind of set like a nice uh, uplighting kind of deal behind mm -hmm. everybody and like around the thing to give it some color on the, um, you know, if you're like facing towards the stands. Sure. And then on my side, on the track, we had these two uh, upright trusses with these crossbars. We had four, uh, two on each, four um, stage watches, moving heads. And so uh, after that, it was blinders on top of those. And then we also had a haze machine. So like the combination of all that stuff together really worked out to be um, 
exactly what they needed to do. So it was like with the blinders, you've got this nice strobing effect you can do where it kind of makes everything really epic and like high energy. Sure. At the same time, you've got the mix of the stage washes and the pars giving a nice color to it all. And then you've got, and mind you, those are also like customizable to be whatever you want it to be, you know what I mean? So it's whatever colors you need, whatever colors they want to do, you can have it there, no problem. On top of that, we've got moving heads for the washes, so like you can create movement with that uh, as well, moving the colors around and having fun with that stuff. And then the final piece, which I think is like the cherry on the cake, or the cherry on the sundae, was like you've got um, haze, right? And that creates a backdrop, which kind of lets you do whatever you want, you know what I mean? And, or, or, it, lets, it gives it like that epic feel, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it, the haze will give uh, the beams, it shines the beams from the uh, pars on the backdrop. It's giving all that color behind you and stuff like that. It's catching a little bit of those moving heads. So you've got all that cool movement going around and it really makes a really epic stuff. And then the challenge was at the same time they wanted to do a separate shot, which is why it was what I mentioned earlier where it's like you want to have the appropriate amount of gear. You don't want to be rushing around trying to figure something else out or bringing in more gear than you need to. And so it was like, we're gonna go from the bleachers, all right, now we're over here on the field. And so all we had to do was turn those bases around, turn the trusses around, move the lights onto the field, and then we're going for the next shot. And we awesome. got it done. Yeah. So awesome. it was a really nice, it was really nice to like have something really quick, but modular, easy to move around, quick to work with, and we got it all done yeah. pretty relatively fast. Yeah. It sounds like you guys had fun with that too, because yeah. you get to be a little bit creative right? yeah to, yeah to, it's to, nice when you get to be a little creative and it's it's cool when it's a collaborative effort with the clients because they don't know exactly what you want to do and it's fun to make them to get them excited about stuff that you can do that they didn't even know was possible so it's like when you start throwing in the strobing effects oh, everybody's going crazy and going oh that looks awesome oh my gosh <laughs> you know and so it's it's really fun when you get to show somebody what their gig could be or what their what 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 something could be instead of like you know what it is or like just giving the bare minimum. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dealing with the fun realities of a still operating shop is occasional. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get this on Zoom. <laughs> nope. No, you don't. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate all the input. Sounds like we've um, had a lot of fun over the last few weeks, last month, um, despite the environmental conditions mm -hmm. with COVID and everything, that we've been able to keep ourselves busy, um, kind of adapted to the changing landscape of what our industry looks like, at least for now. Who knows when, you know, we could go back to Fingers normal. Crossed, could man. be, could be sooner, could be later, but um, it's, it's good to see that um, there are still people out there that are looking for our services that still want to experience live music in whatever form that takes, right? Whether it's uh, the at-home streaming or, you know, like with... Um, some of the festivals that we've seen over the last uh, few weeks or concerts by car, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a really cool concept. And, um, you know, that we're, we're able to, to help out our community in that, in that regard. And it's, uh, I imagine it's a, it's a pretty good feeling that we can, we can be there for these people. So yeah. um, with that, that ends our episode for today. Once again, gentlemen, thank you for your time. And for we'll see you next time.